from Wakefield. It's the Nolan Cry Night Show. Inviting you to join Nolan as guest this week returning back to the show, Kyle Standing. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Nolan. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another edition of the show. Hopefully you've enjoyed what you've watched the last few weeks, and especially this last week's episode of Nathan Robillard. I, I want to bring on another guest, or I have bring on another guest, I should say, who came on almost a year ago during the time of Archie Miller's hiring. Now he's been here almost for nearly a year, and I thought, what better to have this guest on again than during these moments of Uri Bass's history and another era of Rhodey women's basketball history as I struggle to speak. He is a, a decent man. He's a great man. He is a man who's on the front line of covering all these sports and seeing it firsthand instead of us ticket holders in the stands is the man himself, Mr. Kyle Standing. Kyle, how are you? I'm great, Nolan. It's good to be back. Um, I, I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be back with you. Sure, yeah, of, of course. I, I'm always appreciative of having those on who who are in in your position who are able to do this so publicly and so frequently and be able to experience this first day and compared to I'm, I'm sure as you can understand or or realize maybe not able to cover these sports right away as fast as you have at other schools, whether they're bigger or smaller institutions. Now, I mentioned some things that have happened since the last time you were on here as a guest last March, or near the end of March, actually, when it came out nearly being April, and a few things, not just on the men's side, but the women's side as well as other side stuff as well. So besides the sports stuff, which we'll get to, of course, momentarily, but for you since last on, it's been nearly a year. How's life been for you? It's been good. Um, staying busy, uh, you know, covering as much as I can. Um, I actually just finished up at the Five Cent Cigar. I was the sports editor last semester, so uh, great experience there. But now just kind of taking my time to look for jobs and um, get my resume and everything prepared. So, um, you know, exciting times for that. But, the you know, the summer was good and I had an internship and everything. So, yeah, I mean, uh, stay like I said, staying busy and um, you know, that's the goal. Just keep keep moving forward. Yeah, it's the only thing you can do, but it's it's good to stay busy because it knows that you're, you're, you're active and you're enjoying the process that you're in. Um, I had Nathan, and I sort of asked him about how now he's sort of getting more into you know, reporting stuff and covering sports post-pandemic. And you were there last year, and the la- well, I should say the last few years, when it was really raging and difficult to do stuff. So from your perspective, former sports editor of the Good Five Cents Cigar and covering sports on TV with a wide array of different talents along with yourself, what's it been like to now be part of this situation where it's sort of, I don't want to say back to normalcy, but a sense of what it seemed to be like before 2020 where you can report and cover games and you don't have to worry about wearing a mask or doing it from home or doing it from the radio station, whatever it may be. Yeah, I have to say, you know, this year um, has been amazing. And um, my sophomore year was, you know, obviously the COVID year. And um, it was super, super just depressing, you know, staying inside every day while there's basketball games going on, arenas are empty. And, um, you know, I'm kind of thinking like, this is the time when I'm trying to get my foot in the door and um, start doing this stuff. So it, it really hurt not to be able to do that sophomore year. But now that everything's kind of back to normal, it kind of feels like far fr- or my freshman year again. And, um, you know, you got, you know, good amount of fans in the crowd and um, you can just kind of go and enjoy it. And, 
you know, it's unfortunate that the team, uh, you know, the men's team at, at least might not be as good as uh, our freshman year when we were, you know, kind of like packing the Ryan Center and everything. But, um, you know, it's still been so awesome to be able to just go and enjoy my experience and not have to worry about any, you know, kind of outside factors. Well, I, I want to start with the, the men's team. It's It's been a year, as I've said many times so far in the few seconds we've been doing this while it's recording, that Archie Miller was hired at the end or middle of March of 2022, and it's been nearly a year, and you know the season they've had so far. I know the season they've had so far. We've both been there. Your take or assessment on the hire of Archie Miller so far? Yeah, Um. so I, I, I'm going to stick with, you know, how I felt at the beginning, which was um, this is a really good hire. I still feel really confident in what he's doing. I think every game that I've been to, you can see the stamp that he's having on the program in terms of um, the culture that he's creating. I, I think I'm having, you know, personally as an announcer and as a, a reporter, I'm having a lot more fun watching the games. Um, they move up and down the floor really quickly. They um, play aggressive. They play hard. Um, they're guard centric. So it's, you know, it's fun to watch. Um, he did mention when, you know, back when uh back during his introductory uh, press conference when we kind of, you know, around that time when we talked, um, he said, you know, it's not going to happen right away. We're not going to be amazing right away. Um, so just have some patience. And um, that's kind of the approach that I've always had with it is, you know, take what you can get this year. It's the first year of his tenure and um, he's going to be here for a few more years. The, the record doesn't, you know, I think a lot of fans would say the record isn't what, you know, we were hoping for. And uh, sitting there eight and 14 and four and five in the conference four and six so it's you know we're right like we, we we've lost a couple close games um it's been you know all, overall you would say it's been a disappointing season because of the standards that uri has as a program um but i think that things are looking up uh sure. that well and uh, on a brief side note and i'll mention it mention it mention it mention it a few moments later but you see games like the Dayton game or the LaSalle game where there are flashes of brilliance. Specifically, I, I believe it was the LaSalle game where they're up big at multiple times and they're leading the majority of the game. You can see that there's brilliance that can be had with this team. But as you also saw at the beginning of the year, there were moments where you're trying to figure out which uh, lineups are going to gel together. There are some on-the-court frustrations you're seeing by some of the past members that haven't been there at URI or maybe have been there in recent years. So Archie Miller's doing his best to put out these fires and try to figure out what's going to work. Speaking of that, and it, it's been known the last few years in previous ad administrations or maybe just the previous um, staff where players would get frustrated that they're not getting what they want, that minutes or um, ball possessions, whatever it may be that they they think they should be getting, air quotes especially, and they – go home and they transfer to another school and get what they think they deserve. For Archie Miller, and I just said it early in the season, that he's working on lineups that are changing. Obviously, there have been injuries and red shirts and players not being able to qualify for the season and just trying to work on things and making sure he's on top of things like attitudes and so forth, as he alluded to in his press conference. In order to make sure that the bleeding doesn't stop where kids leaving the program, year after year as it has been in the past. What do you think Archie Miller needs to do as a coach this offseason, but then also leading into next season? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he got himself off to a great start um, in terms of making sure that he has a roster that stays intact because he brought in um, a bunch of guys. You know, the only player um, that we would be losing, you know, obviously with the exception of transfers, would be Malik Martin. So there's, you know, it's a young team. Um, it's a team that I'm sure when he was recruiting these guys or, you know, in the case of Ishmael Leggett or Jalen Carey, you know, getting them to stay, he was saying, you know, this is going to take a couple years, um, but we're going to develop you into a really good player. Um, we'll get you to where you want to go, that kind of thing. So I think his recruiting approach is what's going to be the biggest um, factor in that. It's not, you don't want to bring in a guy and tell them, you know, we expect to be really good, blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't, you don't want to lie to them basically and have them be disappointed, like you said, during the season. Um, oh, you're going to get all this playing time, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, he has um, a pretty deep rotation. He likes to sub a lot, uh, which is great. And um, it, it's fine. But, it, you know, you, you'd hope because we saw like with the David Cox um, era and my freshman year when <laughs> when everybody basically left after the season. Um, you know, I think URI fans fear that a lot now. But I think, you know, he's recruited young guys who are committed for multiple years to the program. Um, and I, I would hope that he would continue to do that down the line. Uh, I, you know, like, I, like I said, it's going to be a, a process. It's going to take some patience. Cause like I said, it's a young squad and a lot younger than some of these other teams in the Atlantic 10. But I think once they get that experience, um, you know, and, and he brings in a couple more guys, I think it's going to be looking really good. You know, talking about some of these games, Stony Brook, Dayton, LaSalle, they have a decent home record that it was, I forget which game it was, but it was the first home loss in a while. I don't, I don't think it was the PC game, but my number game. Point being, they had have a decent home record. Away record isn't as um impressive as the home record. Yeah. The, the the separation from home to away, obviously the home crowd helps a lot, but the separation from playing well at home to then playing sketchy away, what do you think is the contributing factor or factors in that? Yeah, I mean, just to just to give you a numbers um, idea, I just pulled it up. So they're eight and fourteen overall, and they're eight and seven at home. So they're zero and seven on the road right now. Yeah. Um, it's you know, it's it's it almost feels, you know, like it, it's kind of it, it's almost hard to lose seven games in a row. But at the same time, when you're on the road, um, it's a completely different story. I think, um, it, like like we've been saying, it's a young team. Um, it's a lot easier to kind of get through those moments um, where you look like a young team. And, you know, they've, I've, I've been saying to guys like Nathan and um, Zach and Zach Austin and a lot of these, you know, reporters that have been following the team, just, you know, they have these moments, they'll have five minute spurts where they look amazing and they'll have five minute spurts where they look really bad. And um, I think at home it's a lot easier to get through that you know the crowd can kind of get you through that and um i think you know they just seem to go flat and they seem to be deflated yeah. um you know they give up a couple points it'll be like an 8-0 run i remember the duquesne game specifically um it was like two steals for duquesne two dunks and like a three and all of a sudden it just felt like the game was over um with like 10 minutes left in the second half so it's it's just it's things that you would expect of a young team um, still, you know, lacking maturity at certain points in the game. And, um, you know, like when you're going through a five minute scoring drought, you need to you know get to the free throw line, find a way 
to get easy points. And I think sure. we're still missing some of that IQ where, um, you know, they recognize certain situations and how to get out of them. But I think that it's a team that uh, is really it, it, a lot more than last year. I think everybody on the team, one through 15, really, really cares about each other sure. and really, really cares about putting their best effort out on the floor every night. And um, they'll make mistakes. They'll make a lot of them. But I think that they'll, you know, it's, it's a team that will learn from the mistakes as time goes on. This year, you know, we, we've seen a lot of different changes to the program, obviously, because it's a new coach and a new coaching staff. We've seen some changes. One thing I want to talk before we get to the other things is that last year we saw the departure at the end of, of former player and assistant coach P.J. Buchanan from the, the uh, staff. And he, as I said, he was a former player. He was successful. He was an assistant coach, longtime assistant coach there, even to the um, Dan Hurley days. We saw a little bit perhaps at the end when um, Miller was uh, putting together his coaching staff near the end, putting the few last touching pieces together where there were a few former players who were in the loop in terms of possibly getting the roles. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Seeing as we, we've shown a lot of hype and a lot of respect, whether just because it's a new era or not for alumni, would you like to see an alumni, if the opportunity rose, to come back and, and, and join the coaching staff to sort of help in that area? Or are you happy with sort of the coaching staff that is there right now? No, I mean, I, I definitely think um... – I, I was a big proponent during his coaching search of getting a URI alum. I was really hoping for Tyson Wheeler. Um, I just think someone who understands, um, you know, what it means to have a really good team at URI and um, to have that cultural impact on the campus and, you know, the community around it. Uh, I think it would, it would be really beneficial to the players. Uh, as well as Archie, who, you know, can't like fully grasp at least right now um, what it means to be, you know, a really good team in Kingston. Um, it, it, it's a really big cultural impact. So um, I think having a guy like Tyson Wheeler who understands who's been there before um, or, you know, it, it could be a number of people. It could be Katino Mobley. I mean, there's so many people out there who um, I mean, you even look, you know, down at like Silk Owens and people like that down south. So it's like there's plenty of options out there. I just think it would be important. I mean, I think the staff, personally, let me just say this. I think the staff is great. Yeah. I think Woodward is a really good recruiter. Um, and he's, a, you know, him and Kenny Johnson are both really good recruiters. They uh, are very well affiliated in the D.C. area and other, you know, big-time recruiting areas. Um, and they're also, you know, kind of good compliments for Archie, where Archie is very fiery and, uh, you know, up pace, you know, just like very uh, animated on the sidelines. They're very calm. Uh, they bring, you know, a nice calming presence for uh, players, you know, who might get, you can see, you know, players can get overwhelmed a little bit sometimes by all the yelling. And But um, to have those guys there is important. But I think just to have, you know, even like one, you know, just an additional assistant as a URI alum to, sure. um, you know, kind of teach that, URI culture to the players would be awesome. On a completely different note, unlike the men's team, the women's team have done even better this year. They continue off on the meteoric run that they had last year until this year. And it's just been a, a, a wild thing to do. Of course, unexpected, I'm sure, on, on both levels, both last year and this year, although this year more expected, I guess. For you to be as front center as you are with Nathan and Paige and so many others, 
what's it been like to be able to cover and experience this firsthand in your position in your shoes uh it's it's been like nothing i've experienced before um the 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 vibes around the women's basketball program are just incredible and it's something that um i would recommend anyone if you can be a part of it like go to a practice or go just be around tammy and um just experience what it's like to be a part of that team because it's so so unique she's it, it, I, it's it's hard to explain because she's someone who cares so much about her players um and she's someone who cares so much about her program at the same time and um it just seems like everything is clicking right now and i think she would even tell you this season was a bridge season for next year when she's bringing in um some really 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 talented freshmen um, one who was nominated for the All-American game and then one who's a uh, top five ranked player in New York. So there's, you know, this, this the sky is the limit right now for this program. And um, it's really, really extraordinary to see what she's done in such a short amount of time with the program that was my freshman year, you know, as low as it could get. Sure, yeah. Well, I, well, I remember my, my freshman year at, at URI, the one story, I'm sure I mentioned this before, the one story for the women's basketball team that I covered was a preseason game. And it was such a weird atmosphere, to tell the truth, and nothing against the former coaching staff, but it was weird, and you felt as though no one really cared here. It was sort of like, oh, yeah, we're going to – and I think the, the coach said, oh, yeah, I, I made the, – the, the non-conference schedule is going to be the toughest part of the, about it. And I'm like, why don't you make your non-conference schedule <laughs> tougher than your conference schedule? It doesn't make sense, but – Oh well. So then, to see this, to see this completely different switch, where now the focus is, is often on the women's program. They've had this meteoric rise, as I said, the last two years, but specifically this year as well. And it's just been a a, a weird thing, and a, a good weird to to see this because growing up in South County, not having a talented women's college basketball program. I have two younger sisters who both play basketball, and it was never taken seriously the program. So now for this program to be taken seriously. And to have all the things that's happening to it, because as you said, originally this season a gap to the next season where the t two good transfers are coming in, but then to be this great is one thing, because then you've been great next year. So it's now a moment where it's now the new culture, the new norm of being successful with your women's basketball. But there were a few games this year where it was close. One game went into overtime, I believe, at home, and then another game w was pretty close as well recently as well. In a situation like last year where they did really well throughout the year and then they burned out at the end and then they sort of had an end to the season, which most probably and them weren't expecting, to continue on this journey that's been a success so far this season is tough. It's probably taxing on the mind and on the body. To continue that to the postseason in hopes of making the big dance and not letting yourself get burned out and destroyed and to NIT again, what did they need to do to make sure that their quality is still high enough where they can say, oh, yeah, we're just going to kick ass the rest of the season and we're not going to get burned out? Yeah, I think um, that's a great point. You know, obviously, that's that was kind of their downfall last year. It really felt like the air came out of the balloon um, after that loss to St. Joe's in the Atlantic 10 tournament last year. Um, but you mentioned, you know, the two close games recently. Um, they just beat Davidson on the road. And before that, they beat St. Joe's in double overtime, kind of got the revenge on them from last year. Um, so they've kind of shown, you know, their character, I think. And uh, Tammy at the beginning of the season said, you know, the biggest difference between this team this year and last year's team 
is she doesn't have to push players to be motivated and to work hard and practice hard every day. And um, these players, they just get up and they want to do it uh, because they want to be successful. And I think you've seen that um, they really show a lot of maturity in some of these moments where things can go really wrong. I mean, the St. Joe's game is a great example where they were up nine, 10 points down the stretch and they blow the lead last year's team probably would have lost that game, but this year, you know, they, they stuck with it. They stayed strong and they executed masterfully in the, in, over, in the overtime periods. So, um, you know, it, it's a really impressive thing to see. And I think Tammy has also learned from last year. Um, and she said, you know, her, her biggest thing this year is not getting hung up so much on a championship and thinking so far down the line, but it's just focusing on the day-to-day operation, um, making sure that her players are focused and uh, motivated each and every day um, to work hard. So I think, you know, they've just been progressively getting better and worrying about themselves and, you know, how they're progressing rather than focusing on, you know, how are we going to win the Atlantic 10 championship? I think that's been the biggest difference. How are they going to, you know, continue to do that down the line? I think um, just continue to do what they've been doing. Just, you know, have that winning mentality of, um, you know, it, it's all about the possession at hand, the play at hand, and um, just do your best in that moment. And um, they've shown a lot of maturity. I think if they just continue to show that maturity, I think they'll be all right. Well, I think also another thing that I've seen through the program is, is that she's wa- they're wanting to play at URI instead of this is one of the only few options that they got as a um, recruit, and they're choosing this because this is the best option for them at the moment. Kids are wanting to play for this team. Now they're realizing, oh, hey, they're doing well. Now I want to play here. And they have a warm environment. The coach actually wants to do something here. They want to create a legacy here. The coaching staff wants the coaching staff has been practically the same thing since Tammy has gone to URI and Kingston, Rhode Island specifically. It, it, it's a moment where these players are now wanting to be part of trying to change the script of, of college basketball, not just in Rhode Island or at URI, but in New England as well, because for years it's been just the men's team. The men's team isn't doing well. Now the women's team can create their own path and sort of break the mold of other heavyweight teams. You see, well, the last, you know, many decades, UConn been the top women's program across the country, not just in the New England area for years. And of course, UConn the last few years have been a little challenged in, in a few areas. They lost the other day to one, number one ranked South Carolina by four or five points, as I saw. For URI, obviously, they're, they're moving up. And UConn and South Carolina are a whole different stratosphere than, than URI, the URI women's team. Of course, we can't deny that. For URI to break the mold and the, the chains of other schools being the leading contributor to women's college basketball, for URI to be the top dog in the country at some point or in the area at some point, what do you think needs to do to accomplish that? Because at some point, that's probably what Tammy wants to do for a pro- her program to be number one in the country or the top team across the country. Yeah, and I, you know, I think she signed she signed the ten year contract um, with that idea of, you know, uh, let me see how far I can take this program in this ten years. Um, will I think? Do I think she'll stay longer? Definitely a uh, possibility. I don't, you know, it's too far down the line to look, but I think. Um, you know, in order to get to UConn levels or South Carolina levels, um, I think she's on the right trajectory. She just needs to keep building on what she, every year she's built on um, the season before. So, you know, if you remember, I think it was 
my freshman, no, it was my sophomore year when they won the co-Atlantic 10 championship, their co-champions in the uh, regular season. Um, you know, it, it, it was a step up from, you know, the season before where they were kind of middle of the pack. Um, and then last year, obviously, it was a huge step up from that going 22 and seven. Um, so they just, you know, they, they've continued to build. And then, you know, last year, obviously such a great season, but then left some to be desired. And it seems like this year they've kind of, um, almost built on that as well. So, um, and then she's continuing to build on that, her recruiting class that she's bringing in, um, next year. So I think if she can bring in the caliber of recruits that she'll be bringing in this year, um, in the future, people who are, you know, McDonald's All-American candidates, um, people who are nationally recognized. It's a huge deal. I mean, not even the men's basketball team. I mean, guys like Jalen Carey, you know, Brandon Weston, uh, Brayon Freeman were nationally acclaimed. But, um, you know, bringing in people that are on the national level and can compete with the the recruits that will be going to South Carolina and UConn and uh, Louisville, all the Stanford, these big schools. I think it says a lot about um, where she sees the program in a few years. And I, it's funny that you talked to Nathan uh, last because he's always said to me that he thinks by the end of that 10 year contract that uh, URI will be up there competing with UConn for one of the best teams in New England. And to be honest, you know, it sounds a little, uh, you know, outlandish right now because, you know, URI, we, we still kind of know URI for what it's always been, which is not, you know, not the best program, but um, I think Tammy's completely, completely changed the complexion of the program. And I think um, this, like I, like I said earlier, the sky really is the limit. Um, I I talked about the coaching staff. The majority of it stayed back, has returned back minus one loss a few years ago to, uh, I think it was Penn State, I, I believe. I can't remember. Point being, the majority of their staff over the last few years that Tammy's been here in Kingston has stayed the same. A, what does that show about her and what she's able to do in the program? But also, B, when do you see it being a situation of, okay, your eyes done really successful year after year, and now these player, the assistant coaches are getting options to go to bigger schools, either to be an assistant coach or a head coach? Yeah, I think, um, unfortunately, that is something that's, you know, going to be coming up pretty soon. I think, uh, you know, as fans of URI are starting to take notice of what's going on, I think other coaches and programs around the country are starting to take notice of, holy crap, look at this URI team that's 10-0 right now in the Atlantic 10. They're doing a lot of things right. And um, I think a lot of them have stayed because they respect Tammy so much. Um I think Tammy, you know, Tammy is just an amazing coach to work for and to be around. Uh, I think she's, from what I've seen at practices and games, like she's kind of like a friend to, um, you know, these assistant coaches and players as much as she is a coach. And I, you know, I I think, you know, with the exception of, uh, I'm blanking on her name from last year who left for Penn State. Um, I think these coaches, you know, will ride it out as long as they can with Tammy before they get something that they, you know, at, eventually I think you're going to have to take a job if it's a head coaching job or if it's a job at a, you know, power five school. Um, but, you know, I think I would, I would imagine that they've already turned down opportunities um, to stay with Tammy. So it just says so much about uh, the kind of character that she brings and um, the kind of people that she brings in as well. 
I think that's really important. People who are loyal and people who also have the same vision for the program that she does. Uh, Adani Amadou, you know, a guy who came with her from Syracuse, um, you know, to try and build this program with her. And then you have a coach like Megan Schoenaker who played for the program, has understanding of, you know, what it's like to be good and, and how important that is as well. And uh, I think they just really like being a part of the program. But eventually, like you said, there's going to be opportunities down the line. I don't really fear that, though, because I think Tammy has Tammy's so well affiliated in the basketball community. Sure. Um, and I think that she can bring in assistant coaches from elsewhere that will be able to, you know, do just as good a job as um, some of these people on the staff now. We're not taking anything sure, away from yeah. them, obviously. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It will be a scary thing, but I'm sure just like her recruits that she's done with grad transfers and true freshmen, it, she'll find somebody to replace them and, and do a successful job with them. You're graduating soon, of, of course. You'll, you're getting, you're entering the job market, the real world, not just making you know, some money work, doing stories for the cigar each month or whatever it may be for internships at school or elsewhere. You'll be making some real scratch at, at some point. But, of course, the job is more important than what you're making. For you, with the short time you have left at URI as a student and as a student reporter, what do you hope to accomplish with the time you have left? Yeah, I mean – that that's a great question. I think, you know, I have I have three games left to announce um, in terms of basketball. I'll be doing a few in the baseball season. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, I'm I'm my time with the cigar is over. So, um, in terms of the impact that I want to leave on the school, I just like to you know, I don't know. I th I think I just like to be remembered um, in terms of my coverage and try to you know just like do the best I can in, in terms of these last few games that I'm announcing. Um, I've had such a, such a, such a blast doing the basketball games. And um, I just really want to soak it all in, in these last three and just, you know, enjoy the time that I have left because I'm just so grateful to have had those opportunities and um, announcing is something that I've really grown a love for. So um, you know, I probably won't be able to do it right out of college. So, you know, it's something that, I don't know when I'll do it again. So I'm just going to try and, you know, appreciate it while I can. And in, in terms of just like graduating and leaving the impact, I, I just hope that, um, you know, I made my family proud. I hope that, uh, you know, I made the friends and people around me proud to, you know, know me. And I just, you know, want to, want to continue what I've been doing, continue on that trajectory. Sure. We, we, we of course, everyone, I'm sure hopes for the best for, for your future. I want to end on a little game called This or That. Uh, last time we did it, it was called the one word challenge. This is This or That. So I'll throw it something, and I'll say, I, you'll have to choose either this or that if, if you're ready for it. Got it. Let's do it. Okay, first one. A roadie men's basketball or roadie women's basketball playoff run this postseason? Women's. Women's. Uh, roadie men's basketball sneaks into the big dance after a conference tournament win or an NIT run. Uh, sneaks into the big dance. Uh, women's basketball regular season champions or A-10 conference tournament champions? Conference tournament. We're going for it all this year. <laughs> Zach Austin or Cam I. Simone as a co-broadcaster? Oh, boy, that's a good one. Uh, I've, I've done more with Cam. I'll give it to Cam, but I love Zach. Uh, Newport, Newport Propane Ball Launch or the Lucky 7 Dice Roll Game? 
Oh boy, the lucky seven seems like a pretty rough one. I would probably go with the ball launch. Exactly. Um, Steve McDonald or Chris Asano? Oh, Steve. Steve is a legend. Steve is a legend. That, that's 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 one of Zach's role models besides Stone Freeman and icons, of course. Well, good sir, I want to thank you again for taking the time to come on and chat for about an hour through the time of of what's been up since we last spoke in URI basketball, women's basketball, and looking forward to this was a, a good treat, my friend. So thanks again. Thank you so much, Nolan. It's always always great to be a part of it. And uh, anytime you want me back on it, I'll be happy to do it. Well, when you become a big-time broadcaster for ESPN or ABC or Fox Sports, we'll, although we'll, I'm sure we'll do it again at some point before then, um, but is there anything that you want people to look out for with, with yourself or anything of that nature in the future? No, you know, just tune in. Tune in on ESPN+. Plus. Um, and, you know, I hope I, I can get as many viewers as I can for those last three games. So uh, just – Tune in and, and go to a women's basketball game, please. But, um, yeah, in the meantime, I'll just be, you know, doing my own thing. So, um, you know, I, I, I wish the best of luck to everybody uh, kind of, you know, in my community. And, um, yeah, you know, just looking forward to seeing what everybody does, you know, Zach and Nathan and all those guys. So, Well, when my guest today, uh, Kyle Standing, becomes a broadcaster, the lead broadcaster, the head broadcaster for the CBS – um, men's and women's national championship uh, tournament in a few years from now you're gonna say holy shit i still subscribe to the podcast back then so do yourself a darn favor by liking commenting sharing subscribing all that fun jazz as they usually say in the cringe statements because they're gonna say wow that was worth it in the end follow on twitter nolan cart night instagram nolan cart night show for more updates and news regarding to the podcast hopefully you enjoy this and in the words of johnny carson the dm cop goes unlike this one of course Nolan. i bid you all a heartfelt good night take care Thank you.